Meanwhile, in the movie Barbarian, if Brett and Evil Jeff were starring in it. Ding dong. Um, can I help you? Um, yeah, hi. Uh, this, uh, is this, uh, 123 Scary Street? I mean, I, I think so. Yeah, I yeah, don't really remember Yeah, this is my Airbnb. No, this is, this is my Airbnb. No, 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 look, here, I have it on my phone right here, see? Well, I mean, I have it on my phone, too. Okay. <laughs> this is awkward. Can you show it to me? Here. Oh, fuck. I can't believe they did this to us. I tried calling and no one's answering, so... Um, was there a, another number? Did you oh, no, get the number no, wrong? I can't, I can't fucking believe this. This is ridiculous. Well, I, I must have their number written down somewhere. Why don't you just just come inside? Get out of this rain. Um. Yeah, no, fuck that. This place is creepy as shit. Bye! Everybody and welcome to episode 236 of Comic Book Queers, colon, Legacy. I am your host, Brett, and headed out the door in the car and away from this scary town is Evil Jeff. Hello. Hi. So we both saw the movie Barbarian, and we're going to talk about it in a spoiler-ridden conversation yeah, so later. That will be last, so we will warn you of like, all right, stop now if you don't want to be spoiled. Because I will say it's best to not be to go into this movie not knowing anything. I will say if you know what this movie's about, stupid. But if you're like, I have no idea what this movie is about, joyful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway. Um, what's going on with you? Um, oh, I saw Beetlejuice the musical today. Oh, how was it? Yeah, my mom came up and visited and um you know, I always like to take her to see a show. And it was fun, but ultimately forgettable. I I'll thought say. a wait, lot of changes. It, I thought didn't it get switched on Broadway? It didn't get taken down from Broadway? It closed during the pandemic and then it was not going to reopen, but then it got this kind of second life on TikTok. Oh yeah, it was the Beetlejuice. What? Mm -hmm. Have you seen did you watch all of those? No, I did not. It was basically people would put make put a uh, blue makeup on as um, Delia. Is that her name? <laughs> as Catherine O'Hara? No, no. Who's the daughter? Winona Lydia. Ryder. Lydia. Lydia. Um, they would put blue makeup on as Lydia, and then they would put red makeup on to do Beetlejuice. And as they were singing the songs, they would <laughs> lip sync both parts and switch the light from red to blue, so their face. Like the makeup would change. Like you would only oh. see the the Lydia makeup versus the Beetlejuice makeup. So we're like Beetlejuice, Ooh. yes, oh. Beetlejuice, yes, Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when Lydia meets Beetlejuice. That's the big number there. They're on the roof of the house. I will say the set, the art pieces, the art direction, just the tech wizardry, amazing. I will also say. Oh, so anyway, so it, it reopened miraculously because yeah. it got such a following on TikTok. Is it the same? Uh, is it the same cast? The original cast? I think so. Uh, I think so. I hesitated because I saw an understudy. Yeah. Playing Beetlejuice, and I will say this: when you see that the understudy of the main character is going, you're, you're like, at first, you're like, oh, we're seeing the understudy, 
I will tell you something. The understudy wants it more. Yeah. Yeah. The understudy has something to prove. Yeah. The understudy is going to fucking kill it. And this understudy killed it. Also, if you're an understudy for the lead, you're you're not bad. <laughs> you're not bad. You're not bad. And this guy, his comic um, comedic timing and delivery, much like mine, was flawless. <laughs> I was making fun of myself there because I was weirdly stammering. He, he did not. He was flawless. He hit every joke. Every joke landed like the best it could. No joke. He knew the words because of the delivery. He, he knew, knew the, the words. blocking. He knew the steps. He knew the moves. <laughs> um, he knew it all, Mama. Did I ever tell you my um, understudy story? Where you I saw understudy? well, not not me personally. I bought Joe. He had never seen Wicked live, and he loved Wicked. So I bought him tickets for Chris for the day before Christmas for Christmas Eve. We would go see Wicked Live at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood. Uh And I did not think about who's going to be performing on Christmas Eve. I'll tell you who's not going to be performing. Any of the main cast. (laughs) Any of the main cast. (laughs) It was like you opened the the play thing and like 20 little pieces of paper paper came out. And it literally was like... Strips of paper. But for Alphaba, Alphaba, it literally was like... The lead and the two understudies were not available. So this other understudy from somewhere else. Ooh. Who, and I looked her up. She was like 18 years old. She played Alphaba in was, the local high school production. Yeah, a few was playing Alphaba. And I, we were like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. But you know what? She killed it. She they killed it. it. She was amazing. Everybody was great. So it was wonderful. Yeah. That's great. This show, I will say, yeah, not great, but super fun. Really funny at times. But here are the main differences from the movie. Okay. A, the biggest change, which you're going to be like, are you kidding? Because that's the best part. The character of Delia, totally different. She's not a bitch. She's not even married to the father yet. The who, father. Who is she in it then? She is a life coach that the father hired to take care of Lydia, who completely shut down after her mother's death. It opens with Lydia's mother's real mother's funeral. Oh, weird. And she's like overcome with grief about her mother dying. But then there's Which still like, the Gina wow. Davis, Alec Baldwin. The, does the dead mother yes, show up at all? the Maitlands are there. The Maitland story is all pretty much the same. They just feel... They get the Maitlands kind of get lost in this show. I will say by the end, you're like, oh, yeah, the Maitlands. Wait, so Delia does not say if you don't let me gun out this house and make it my own, I will go insane and I will take you with me. Take you with me. No, because she is a totally like, I mean, her personality. What about Gunther? Is Gunther in it? Oh, Otho. Otho. Yeah. Otho is absolutely in it. His name is Otho and everything. Um, It's a small part. It's like he comes in in act two. and but, does in this, did Delia play both parts? I heard that the actress also plays the suicide secretary. No, it was a different actress. Okay, because I watched a... But that's a whole uh, ass number, is the, uh, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have had my little accident. Are you sure that's, it was a different actress? A, because I saw a thing where ooh, Delia comes no. backstage and they're just slathering the green makeup on. Like, there's like 10 oh, people wow. doing it to her. And then she oh, runs for outside. for a second... For a second, you made me think maybe, but no, they were both in the cur- curtain call together. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's a whole S number, and it's really good. It's a really fun number. That's fun. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's like really about Lydia's grief about her mom and like Lydia shutting down. And that's why she acts like that. Um, and the rest of it's pretty, pretty similar. Lydia and Beetlejuice hang they out fuck. a they lot. Fuck. They fuck. <laughs> Actually, the whole thing about them getting married, like there's so many jokes about underage brides. <laughs> but they, it, it was reminiscent of, reminiscent of the cartoon. Oh, yeah. End of Act 1, beginning of Act 2, Lydia and Beetlejuice are like friends and they're they're tight. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I love the Beetlejuice cartoon. I loved the Beetlejuice cartoon. Um, that's cool. Jagged Little Pill is playing here right now. And... Woof. I was going to go see it because I listened to some of the music and I love Alanis Morissette. And so I was going to see it, but then there's a thing called, if you type in slime time and any musical name in YouTube, there's usually a, rec- a full recording of it, of the show. Oh. And so I decided to watch it. And um, it basically was like Dear Evan Hansen with Alanis Morissette songs. And yeah. Uh, it was all just like this character witnessed a rape and this character's addicted to pills and this character's, you know, making out with a non-binary person. But now they're sleeping with a man. And you're just like, uh, I was, ju- it was just trying like, so way- hard. it was very, it felt like, um, what's that TV show with Mandy Moore? <laughs> this is, uh, this is us. This is us. It felt yeah. like this is us with like Alanis oh. Morris said, it was a little too, it was a little too like trying a little too hard for me. So I ended up not seeing it. I think they did a number from it in the Tonys, and I think it was the titular track. You ought to There's know. There's just something. Oh, Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> there is something so dumb to me about just like a group of friends each taking turns singing one line from Jagged Little Pill. Like there's yeah. a, like there's a woman who literally yeah. comes in only to only to sing swimming in your stomach. Yeah, like, yeah. This no, is, I saw. This yeah. is I like I'm one for because they were trying to make it like the background players were like songs. Rent. It was like and now it's like Rent because it's '90s so, songs. It was just, yeah, it's so cheesy. It was I weird. Like it, but that did send me down another rabbit hole of just watching people watch and listen to the song "You Ought to Know" for the first time who had never heard it before, like these young Gen Zers. Oh. And it's fascinating, like just watching. I watched like a ton of them, especially like these like young, like 17 year old girls listening to the song being like, oh my God, I've been through that. (laughs) (laughs) She's timeless, Alanis. Because I will say that I was lucky, I feel privileged. I was lucky enough to have been dumped right when that song came out. So that song fucking hit for me. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, <laughs> you said you'd love me until you died, but you're still alive. <sighs> yeah, you, well, she got down on you in a theater. Yeah, because I did suck a dick in a theater. All oh, right, anyway. Please, did. Talk about gay. Do. This is the queer part of the episode as we talk about Broadway. Broadway. Um, what? I, I don't. I feel like, should we talk about any musicals you're excited for? I don't know. I, I'm the one that lives in New York. There's this new musicals coming conversation. out. There's a ton. That's the thing is, I just I don't know of I don't I don't know of them. There's one called Kimberly Akimbo. Oh yeah, is, isn't that the one where she's literally lip syncing a whole entire thing the whole time? No, I saw that show. It was a play. Dana H. Oh okay. And she won the Tony for best actress. That oh, woman. Wow. But she, she, she the whole play. Sense. 
The whole play is just her in a chair, lip syncing to some other woman's testimony about her own kidnapping. Jesus. It's an incredible show. It's incredible. And now that woman, I'm rambling, but she's going to be in a play about witches at the Lincoln Theater, which I'm very excited about. What's the but Akimbo also, one? Kimberly Akimbo is about a group of high school friends, but Kimberly, the titular character, titular, she has a condition. Oh, like she's Ernst, old, right? Where she's old, yeah. I have heard about that, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. There's a musical about K-pop coming out, about the rise of K-pop, called K-pop. I thought that was a movie. No, it's a Broadway musical. Because they're making a K-pop musical movie as well. Okay. Which looks like they're going to get it all wrong. But There's another musical called Anne Juliet, which is the story of what if Juliet lived. And it's like Britney Spears songs. It's another jukebox musical. Oh, I've heard of that. No, no, my friend, I think my friend saw that and said it was amazing. Amazing? Like he saw it in like Baltimore, like they were touring it. Well, like it wasn't in New York. You yet. know, a Baltimore like 10 is in New York 6. No, 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 no. But you know how they go around to smaller cities and like preview it mm -hmm. places? Like they were doing that. And he said it was really good. Oh, I, one thing we forgot to talk about. The, did you watch the Emmys at all? Yes, I did. I watched the whole I, fucking thing. Can I tell you, I, when I watched the funeral scene on the boat with Jennifer Coolidge and White Lotus, yes. I was like, I just turned to Joe and went, she just won an Emmy. She just won an Emmy right there. Yes. And then when I turned, and then when Gene Smart sat there and listened um, to Hannah Einbinder read the note that she read that she sent to people. Oh. And it was like a five minute scene of her not saying anything. I just said, she just won the Emmy right there. And I was right both on both times. counts. Both, <laughs> both times. counts. For me, the Jennifer Coolidge scene, the funeral scene was incredible. The scene where I said she just won an Emmy was the whole peeling back the onion, hysterical crying rant to oh, that yeah. guy yeah. in her room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally everything was like, no one else could play this part. This was written only for her. Wait, what did they dub? Oh, fuck. There was something. It was an edit. It was the Jennifer Coolidge funeral monologue about my mother was cruel she was cruel like i never would be a ballerina yeah and the, but the, the video was something different oh man i'm gonna have to look that up it was really funny anyway my mother was cruel um i was very happy with most of the winners i was i was I'm cool like a ted lasso I've never, I don't watch I think, it. I think it'll be, this second, it's really great. It's great. Second season one isn't as good. Be. I think this is it for it. I think this is it for it. I bet you Abbott Elementary will like win everything next year. Probably. I wanted it to win this year. I know, I know, I know. I probably would have preferred that to win too. Do you know who but, I am super attracted to? Jesse Tyler Williams no. from Abbott Elementary. Formerly from Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, yeah. I'm so attracted and to him. The Walking Dead, his death scene was so Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Oh my God. Oh, that was a horrible... Oh, yeah, yeah, he's very attractive. Oh, so hot. So cute. Um, did you feel people were very mad about Jimmy Kimball upstaging um, when she won a Best Writing? Uh, I was I was super mad. Just, like, the optic of it, the photo of it, the it was enraging. Yeah. It just felt very white privilege of, like, oh, I'm not even going to think that this might be like a, a big moment for like a person of color didn't even foresee that yeah just, like not even thinking about all this that. all he saw was the bit um you know when he was laying there he probably was like fuck it probably hit him when he was laying on yeah. the ground like shit i saw her she interrupted his monologue 
two nights later. She was on his show Wednesday, and she walked out in the middle of... And Quinta Brunson, as we were talking about. Quinta Brunson. She walked out in the middle of his monologue and interrupted it and was just like, hey, can I... Can I talk to you about something? And they, like... Um, he let her finish her... He let her give a longer thank you speech. Yeah, yeah. In, in lieu and, of And that's monologue. the thing, is I think people were so angry, like, he was doing this on purpose. I was like, no, I think it was more just, like, out no, of ignorance. he's just thoughtless. And I think he... And then he did... And then he, like, made up for it. So I'm like, okay, okay, good. Yeah. Oh, my God. He knew. Just dumb. Just dumb. Broadway. And Shirley Ralph's cool. speech was amazing. Oh. Uh. She is. Do you remember It's a Living? Are you fucking kidding me? Of course. Of course. I remember It's a Living. It's a Living. I wonder if Angelian is sitting there watching the TV. I don't even know if she's still alive. And is just like, that could have been me. She died of breast cancer. She did? I know she did die of breast. I thought she had her breasts removed. She didn't die from it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because at the end of the last season of It's a Living, all of them had to wear the low-cut tops except her. She had to wear like a turtleneck. Which was yes. very awkward. You're like, I think maybe you should have just changed all their outfits. Hmm? Yeah, super awkward. Anyway, the Emmys. Such a good show. Emmys, Broadway. My mother was cruel. Am I doing a good Jennifer Coolidge or what? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, when wow. she started dancing at the music that's supposed to like kick her off the stage. <laughs> Did you see the interview? The post No, I didn't. Where... What did she do? This guy, she's holding her Emmy and this guy backstage is like, so, so, um, is there anyone that you were like giving eyes to anyone in there that you would, um, that you would go all the way with anyone that you were excited oh, yeah, to, I did. to see? <laughs> and, yeah, and she's like, well, there was one guy, but I, I just found out he died. <laughs> I love her. I told you I sat next to her at a wedding, her. right? That was like the biggest thing in my entire life. No, what? Yeah, I, I sat next to her at a wedding. My friends, uh, two men, both named Michael, were getting married. And I just happened to be at her table. And I was just like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Because it was more like a lot of people that were, it was basically like, oh, these are all my friends from the groundlings. We're at two tables. And even though I've never made it very far, I still got to sit with the other groundlings people. And so I was oh, sitting there with like yes. Drew Drogi and then Jennifer Coolidge. And then at one point she was just like, oh, I just, oh, I really want to smoke a J. And I was like, I have pot. Do you want to smoke pot with me? She's like, oh yeah, find me later. And then I was never able to find her. And then I ended up oh, leaving. I was like, cause I was telling her, I was like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to like get Jennifer Coolidge high and it's going to be pretty cool. So, and then it never happened, but we did talk. She did actually come up to me and she was just like, oh, I remember I saw you in that show and it was great. And I went, no, you didn't. Oh. And she's like, no, I did. I saw you two days ago in that show. And I'm like, I didn't do a show two days ago. <laughs> oh, God. Why didn't you just lie? Because I wanted her to know the real me. I thought this was the beginning of us yeah, becoming no, best no, friends. Yeah. She was like, hurry up. We got to get out of here. That ginger faggot <laughs> is going to make me smoke a joint with him. That really annoying fag is going to make me smoke pot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyhow. <laughs> This is Jennifer Cool. Oh, is it, if anyone wants to watch my years. friend, uh, my friend Paul, who helps, who I brought him on to edit Ah uh, with me, he edited the new Jinx Monsoon sketch show that just came out. Oh, really? Yes. And there's a scene. How the fuck do I watch it? What is World of Wonder? It's Plus? WoW Presents Plus. I think if you t you just enter WoW Presents Plus, and you can watch all of my shows, that oh. show, all of the international. Oh, my mother was drag cool. races. Anyway, uh, but there's a scene where it's. Um, Oh, Jennifer what, Coolidge calling we, Jennifer Tilly. What, 
Yes, I did see that. I saw that on Insta. Like, oh, that's hey, Jennifer. It's Jennifer Tilly. Hi, it's Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge. <laughs> so funny. Yes. Evil Jeff, isn't your animated show on? Yes, Why Are Humans? Please watch it. Oh, and here's a last other tidbit. I've been getting some emails, some Instagram messages requesting about where they can watch Ken Porsche and other BLs. It's starting. I'm starting a revolution. The wave. The wave starts small and it gets bigger and bigger. Also, another listener sent me very sexy pictures of himself and I was like... Really? Ooh. Post them on our Insta. Okay. I'm going to let everyone have their own private life. I need to have my private time. Oh, also, I need to plug something. This is very public time. Um, We we and like four or five other X-Men gayish podcasts are hosting a little happy hour at New York Comic Con. Yay! When is that happening? Saturday Saturday night. night. Saturday night, October 8th, 7 p.m. at the rooftop of the Yo-Tel Hotel, a little place called Social Drink and Food. Yes. And that's what we're going to be doing, socializing, drinking, fooding. Yes, someone did ask me if I was going, and unfortunately I am not. I wish I could be there. Oh, I was going to pretend that you were there. Oh, okay. And just be like, oh, you did just do it like a nine to five Dabney Coleman thing. Like, oh, you just, oh, yeah. like, look, he's getting in that. Oh, oh shoot. He's oh, just he doing was, rails on the bed in the bathroom. Him. He was just here. He's coked out of his mind in the, in the ladies room. He's probably giving someone a BJ. <laughs> I have gotten a blowjob in um, New York Comic Con in a New York bar bathroom before. So that's really, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an old friend, fuck buddy. It was one of those people where we were like great friends, but he was also like, I'm bored. You want to fuck? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. But, and then I saw him and it would probably had been like six, seven years since we had seen each other. This was like 2008. And he was like, I really missed sucking your dick. Can I just mm. do it real quick? Can we go to the bathroom? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, hang out with all of my other friends. And they were like, where did you go? And I was like, oh, we just like blew each other. <laughs> oh, I need friends like that. I know, right? Should we talk about X-Men? Let's do it. Hit the music. I want your hits. Come on. Oh. My God. I think we should just do this in chronological order of the actual X-Men. Chronological? So let's start with X-Men 92, House of (laughs) X-C-I-I. Yes, because that's the earliest. I am so sad this is coming to a close. And and it's, well, did they? Because they full stopped ended it. Because it actually, they made it where it actually is, it's pre-Moira, pre-Moira's lives, it looks like. Because it seems oh. like to me this started over, oh, and then that's the real timeline that started, then began. Oh yeah, right. Or at least it's the timeline of the cartoon show. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's true too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one thing I have to remember reading this series is like, oh, oh it's yeah, the cartoon. Envision it's the cartoon. It like envision it like the cartoon. Okay, yeah. No, like I'm changing cartoon. my. Yeah, it's just restarting to where the cartoon is. Yeah. To where the cartoon. Yeah. But they. Just the versioning that they do, the parody that they do of all the little things that have happened, the major tent poles that have happened in Krakoan 
history era, how they recreate them, you know, taking Paul Mackis instead of Otherworld, Jubilee instead of Moira, those things. Yeah. So fun. Um, and I love Dark Beast being the bad guy. I'm just like, I wish this is what was happening with Beast and X-Force. Like if they... Fl- it kind of is. It is, but in way too <laughs> subtly. I wish it was more like, no, you're a full on... Because the Dark Beast is kind of cool and kind of a like Maleficent Jafar way. Where this beast is just annoying. They're kind of calling out our real beast with this. There's the fact that beast becomes dark beast in the story. That is another, to me, versioning parody of what is happening now. Like X-Men 92 is like, oh, we're just going to be like cartoony and big and simple about it. Like beast is evil now. No nuance to it. Yeah. But little things like when the new X-Men team is formed mimicking the mm. moment when the X-Men got their first vote, that it, it's all characters that were popular in the early 90s. It's Polaris in her Peter David costume. It's random. It's feral. <laughs> it's That's a funny touch. Yeah, yeah it ended. It, I, for a while, I was like, what is the point of this? And then I was like, oh, this ended really cute. I was I was happy with it. It did end really cute. So basically, it ended with... Jubilee, our Moira, spoilers everybody, dying and it resetting. Although we kind of just gave that away earlier. Yeah. And now let's let's move on to X-Men Red. Because this kind of goes in order. We need to talk about, I made the mistake of reading them out of order. I was like, shit. Oh, I was going to text you because Kieran Gillen actually tweeted. He's like, please make sure you read it. Yeah, I I was like, damn it. I mean, it's still like I got the whole gist of it. But there is another moment, though, that we'll talk about it. I I was a little like, oh, okay, I can't wait to. We'll talk about it. All right. X-Men Red. Basically, um, Uranus, his monsters that he un. Uranus. Is that how you say it? Uranus? Either way you say it, it's like a vulgar Rhinoplasteros? It sounds nasty anyway you say Uh, it. But basically, the monsters that he has just keep reforming. So it's kind of like, oh, we're not going to win. And the way they can tell, like, is any of this working, is if Iska comes to their side. And the thing that Iska is doing is she's just battling fish so that she's not killing any of her people. She's like, I'm still battling the land, but I'm just going to like kill some fish. So I'm not hurting anyone. Right. Which I thought was like kind of funny. Which so interesting. Like she really is a person trapped by this power. And the fact that she finds this kind of way out of it. Well, because the weird thing is, is you think like she can't lose in the end, it's like she can't she can't make an actual choice. She's just, um, yeah. you know, she's it's like fate. Yeah, she she's she's, she's stuck to fate, you know. Um, it's wild. But basically, this also just shows you why like Storm and Magneto are just two of the like coolest characters. And some of these other like Krakoan mutants, like Omega level mutants are just so cool. That woman that's just a big shroud with a galaxy? Cool. Laktuka, the one who, it's just yeah. her power is to know where everything is, including the way they use her power here 
Storm asks her, use your power to tell me where I can do the most good. And Latuka, who I love more and more because she basically says, here, take it. Latuka's like, look for your damn self. She's like, instead of looking for Storm, yeah, Latuka's yeah. like, just have my power. I don't know. I thought that was really funny. Um, her and what's the uh, uh, axolotl yeah. guy's name? Somnibar. They are, so they're yeah. the, the table of day, right? Or whatever the name is for their yeah. role in the, the great ring. And that's the thing is Iceman's powers. Can he actually, does he need the actual molecules of hydrogen and oxygen to create ice? Yes. So like, I don't think he really would do well in a desert. Right. But that's a, the thing I'm wondering about. What's the, what's the merman guy? Um, Somnubar. Somnubar almost looks like he could just create water. And that's where I'm just, he, but then I'm like, how, how, I'm wondering if like, how similar are their powers? His blood is the ocean. His blood is the ocean, but it's like unlimited. He like created it out of his, yeah. So that yeah. is a very interesting, but the thing if it's an ocean, that means it's salt water, which I guess is harder to freeze. I was just trying to think of like, if him and Iceman teamed Ooh. up, like. Yeah. Isn't Somnibar the one who helped terraform? Yes, he, he created he, the oceans. Yeah. yeah. You know what? One more which, thing. So it's basically, it's just his piss. It's just his piss. Listen, which he could, he could hit me with because I think he's kind of sexy. I mean, in a in a shape of water, kind in a of shape way. of water, kind of way. All right. Um, this issue is basically just what a badass everybody is. I loved the sequence of checking in with each person in the first person, where Storm uses Lactuka's power and she can see where everyone is, and it's those monologues like. I am the man with no name. I am Iska. This is what I'm doing. So cool. Such a great creative way to check in with the cast of the book. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting, we kind of see Cable and uh, WizKid, like where they're at. Um, we also see Abigail Brand being brought back from the dead, which I'm just like, I guess he can't go through every thought. But I feel like when you're uploading her thoughts, maybe her being a complete like, traitor might just scream out to you xavier maybe no xavier xavier's the worst that's just time and time again we're reminded but there is a big twist um and the big twist is there was always three seats that were always hidden and we never knew yeah, who they are the night seats yes and it turns out no name and Sunspot, and then some purple bitch. <laughs> Sizia the Smoke. Sizia the Smoke. Has she been on this before? Like, have we seen her before? No, this is she's new, but the uh, similarities to Nightcrawler, I think, are pretty yes, yes, deliberate. Yes. In fact, even to when they're checking, when Storm is like checking in with all the characters, and oh, we no, get she, to, she was like, you should meet Nightcrawler or something. Yeah, which that connection, I think, was done on purpose. But Cora, the burning heart, when they check in with her and wrong slide, Cora yeah. says, night has fallen. My father prepared me for this. 
and oh no, I'm sorry, right before. I smelled jasmine. I know what that means. I think she just smelled that other character teleporting. So instead of brimstone, hers is jasmine. Yeah. Oh, cool. So the nightcrawler. And but but it is also just cool because it's uh, she's the seat of nowhere. He who has no name is the seat of nothing, and Roberto mm-hmm. da Costa is the seat of nobody. And there's one big, huge question mark on this. I can yeah. see how no name he has no name got it. I can see how how did Robert DaCosta get that seat? He it says somewhere that he, oh in it says in the new lands a young man of many worlds and many lands sunspot approached the surviving two Sizia and no name that he knew of them at all spoke of his ability that he found them spoke of his skill he was not of Araco. But the night seats are unbound by custom, and now they are three once more. Yes, but but who did they say who who died? Who who had that seat before? When did he do this? Did he do this just recently before he got killed by Iska? Did he do this like right when Araka was formed? Like he could have been like like did he do it right after Mars was terraformed? Did he do it before Mars was terraformed? When sure. it was still like on Earth? Like I just want to know. I want to know when. I want. I want to see. I want like a flashback to see like how that happened because that's fucking kick ass. I mean, we so all know like Ro- Robert Roberto is, and I still love that he's kind of just risen to this like master um, manipulator, Major and he player. still calls Magneto headmaster, which I love. It's a testament to Magneto. Something, um, yeah. Something else that's. I mean, I've never loved Magneto more than I, I have in this book. I, I've i never been a Magneto fan. I've always liked Magneto. I've never been like, oh, Magneto is the best. I am obsessed with Magneto these days. Yeah. And it's from this issue. Yeah. Well, and the next issue, too, I feel. Oh, girl. Because Storm is like giving, basically just feeding him energy to keep his heart, like he's having to beat his own heart. Yeah, so how about that's where Lactuka, or that's where Storm decided she can do the most good, was at Magneto's side. Um, and so they kind of saved the day, but it looks like it's not over. Uh, Uranus is going off to destroy Earth, which is just, the wreak havoc on Earth, which is just so funny, um, which I think will just bring us into um, Judgment Day. Yes, it will. However, there is something I really want to talk about okay, with this okay, issue of okay. X-Men Red. Yeah. I I really, 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 really enjoyed this issue because I thought that the idea of teamwork and how offensive that is to the Araka. Right. And how Storm and Magneto just exemplified it in front of them, which is kind of offensive to Iraqi culture for those two to work together in that way there's so many moments like the 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 dude that spits metal out of his mouth lotus locus i think his whole thing is like my god teamwork like it's like it's like blasphemous but i love it and then the worm guy who's a shell of his former self was like yeah but he's basically like this this was forbidden like we never and these two start to decide fuck the old ways, we're going to start to be into this whole idea of teamwork and circuitry. Because in the end, is, because also they saw that's what won. And that's what they that's really, what that's what really matters to them, is the winning. 
it's just so cool that I mean, Storm and Magneto they they cut through this this culture that is so strong and stubborn and showed them better ways just by being that. Ugh, I love them and I love this book. And I, I just I'm really into yeah. a Rocky history. It, it's so nuanced. who's writing this again? This is Al Ewing. Al Ewing. Yeah, great. Yeah. I love him. And also Kieran Gillen, it's I think the thing that I realized is that when the when the good writers are writing this crossover, I get really into it. It's really and good. when a not and so good not, writer is writing it, then yeah. I'm kind of like, this doesn't work. In a very similar way to Marauders, like Marauders was just kind of going through all of these different characters and their judgments. And it just did not fly for me. It just didn't hit. This Judgment Day, going through everyone and their judgments hit for me. It yeah, was good, girl. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, Some good, good shit. It was good. Yeah. And so we finally realized Star Fox, they basically want to amplify Star Fox's powers worldwide and make everyone so good that they would have to pass, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, and he was like, that's cheating. The Celestial will see right through it. And he'll know that. The Celestial will know it, exactly. But I have a better idea. And it's basically like, there's nothing that you can really do, especially since from issue to issue, he changes his mind of how he judges people. Sure. Again, maybe but, um, great. Um, but it's interesting just seeing things of like, um, like Luke Cage fails. Doctor Doom passes. Doctor Doom passes. Ms. Marvel passes. Um, Xavier fails. Um, I can't tell. Did Star Fox pass or fail? I don't feel like he fully decided. I'm kind of looking through this now. Um, and I love her. It's just like by definition of Thor's hammer, the fact that he can use it means he has to pass, um, which sure. I thought was pretty funny. Um, um, Xavier yeah. gets a fail from, and he comes in the form of Legion, but he's so busy he's not even paying attention, which is perfect. That is like classic Xavier. Classic. Um, Ms. Marvel passes flying colors. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Daredevil does not pass. And it was Jesus that, <laughs> yeah. that appeared before him. And we also find out what Shaw was talking to Star Fox about back in Immortal when you saw Shaw. It really is was just part of Star Fox's great deal, like global deal that he's been, this global compromise that he's been putting together, this global harmony he's been creating. And I think it's Shaw that brokers the deal that Krakoa will offer more technology to the world if the United Nations agrees to the humanitarian demands, the climate change demands. Yeah. Just odd that Shaw wasn't scheming. He was really part of this good thing. Even though he also failed. Even though he failed. And the thing that was interesting, too, it, this also is also now starting to like remind me of like Good Place, <laughs> of like whether you get enough to go to the good place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, basically, the, the Eternals decide, hey, rather than the Unimine coming to attack you again, why don't we all, why don't we just bring the mutants, all the psychic mutants into the Unimind, and then you could just take over it. Like you, because it's kind of like whoever has the, it's like a democracy. Whoever has the most gets control of it. And they're like, there'll be yeah. more of you. And Druig is realizing this is happening. And Uranus is like, yeah, but if you actually just let me loose, let me fucking just go after Earth, then I will, then you'll solve that problem. And I was like, um, how does that solve the problem? 
I did not understand Drugs being like, I mean, I guess it's like he's so desperate, but it's just like the whole point of this is like, we're going to like the whole point of your existence is you're like, we have to get rid of all deviants and protect Earth at all costs. And now you're like, all right, well, fuck Earth, too, which I guess makes sense. But I'm like, Drew, yeah, you're yeah. such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so he ends up at this yeah. point, it's just about winning. Yeah, exactly. Because he's so desperate. He's just like. Oh, fuck, I'll just burn it all to hell. And so they let Uranus go, but then here comes Magneto and Storm. Yeah, but this is like, we, we skipped ahead in the textbook. I want, the end of X-Men Red was, let's take, I, I wanted more story. I, you know, I want the story of that fight, which I guess we'll probably get in X-Men Red. Yeah. But I was like, how about that's it? I wanted a yeah, it was line. really quick. I wanted like glorious Magneto and glorious Storm with these beautiful lines and fight scenes. And they were able to destroy him. I mean, he technically can't be killed, but they were able to destroy him enough where then he would be reformed back in the prison. And then Magneto dies. Magneto fucking dies, and he has no reboot backup. That's the one thing where I'm just going to be like, I mean, that's the thing. He's like, there's no backup. I mean, okay, I'm sorry, but. Xavier is a lying piece of shit. Oh, there's definitely a backup. Xavier, I imagine Storm being like, what the hell are you doing? What do you mean you have a backup? We swore that we wouldn't. And Xavier's like, yeah, I wasn't going to listen to that. And then I think yeah. there'd be a fun thing where it's like, well, we can't bring him back because if we bring him back, then we'll know that we lied. And it'll be this kind of interesting thing that he might be brought back, but have to be in hiding. Yeah, like Moira. Oh, shit. He's going to be in the no place. He's going to be a robot. But in the end... It doesn't work. He's like, thumbs down. Progenitator is thumbs down. And then you just see him killing everybody. He straight up just rains fire on the earth and everyone, it's like a rapture. And so I guess I'm wondering, is uh, Sinister's Moira's gonna... I, I had the same thought. I feel like at this point, I'm like, well, it looks like he just blew up the earth. So I feel like... Hmm. <laughs> to break out the Moira bomb. Or is this another like vision? I don't know, but I seeing a panel of Captain America going, "We're all gonna die." I've never had an uneasy feeling like that reading comics. Made me <sighs> very uneasy to see Steve Rogers say that. Yeah. Anyway, and we'll see X Men. X Men. Oh, speaking of Moira. Yeah. I read Amazing Spider-Man number nine. Oh, where they chase her when it's like uh, she yeah, has Mary Crow Jane's body. And she has Mary Jane coming out of the Hellfire Gala. What happened? What, what was the, I didn't read that. What was the final outcome? Because it was Wolverine and who else? Grey Crow and Spider-Man. Oh, okay. That's a weird combo. Uh, yeah, Grey Crow, he's like, he's very much, he's treated like a minor character. He's, he's just, he follows her. He tells him where they are. He gets shot right away, but then shows up again at the end. I thought he died from getting shot. He did not. And then how do they save Mary Jane? I mean, it's all one long fight scene. They basically fight. I think Peter uses an, um, yeah, he uses an imp blast to kind of get, get the Moira out of Mary Jane. And then is she just, is she just in another computer somewhere? Then. she goes full fucking robot i forget so she's there's like a hand that somehow she transforms into like a full robot right 
and um, she runs away so she could be in Judgment Day, where she looks like Moira again. Sure, she's just had, and, she's like, "Don't be a cyborg." Yeah, and that's it. And then MJ is like, "Thanks for saving me, Peter." And he's like, "I guess this means back together." And she's like, "No, it doesn't." Oh, really? She says, "Damn it, Peter! This isn't about you. It's about responsibility." I thought you'd understand that. And he's like, "If you say if with great power comes great responsibility, I will fucking slash your throat, bitch." Also, bitch, can you not yell my first name in the park while I'm dressed like this? Yeah. Well, Wolverine know. Doesn't Wolverine know? Or was his mind erased? Yeah, but they're too? like, in the, they go through a Kirkcoan gate and they're like in the middle of Central Park. And she's like, Peter! <laughs> and he's like, keep your voice down. Like, bitch, shut up. Bitch. Shall we talk? So that's comic yeah. books. Should we talk about some things that we saw? Yes, let's. Hit it. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. Um, speaking of people getting people to watch BLs, have you watched any more of Ken Porsche? I have. So I've watched the episode where they're handcuffed in the woods. Ah, so oh good. my God, so hot. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, I think, the two after that. The one where they go on the date is one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Their date where Porsche takes Kin, like, again, like, son of a mafia crime family, to this cute little pastry shop and coffee shop to, to Instagram their food. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It is so cute. Um, I have not gotten to Vegas and Pete yet. They have not even. I, they met, like, once. There's just some, like, light flirting where he, like, handed him a condom in a car. And then yes, did they meet at a yes, temple, yes. too, right? Yes, yeah, there's yes. kind of like a big battle scene um, with has um, uh, how did what's the how did the episode end that you saw? Um, oh, the last one I saw ended with um, Kin's ex boyfriend. Oh, dead. okay, yeah, all right. So that boyfriend comes back to wreak some havoc, and all of that havoc. Um, leads up to then uh, the Vegas and Pete storyline. Because I will say, I think maybe after the next two episodes, they become more of the primal story and it's, it will fuck with you. Oh my God. Um, Just to let you know too, I'm currently on IQTV. There's one called Love in the Air that's currently airing. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I complain about, because Korean dramas, especially a lot of Asian countries, they would, they would ban, they wouldn't, they would censor any shows if you kissed real. So everyone would do that fake, just lip kissing. And Thailand was like, oh no girl, we're not doing that. But even Thailand would be very timid with the kissing. But then Ken Porsche came along and was like, no, 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 no. There's another one called Tarn Type. This one, Love in the Air. These two, there's this couple, this last episode, they were playing full tonsil hockey. And it Ooh. was so fucking hot. Wow. He also had a fever and then he made him, and then he like put a, suppos- a fever reducing suppository in him. <laughs> this show is wild. It's wild. For These Thai BLs are wild, I'm telling you. They are wild. They go there. You know what else is wild though? Um, she Hawk by Titania. 
She-Hulk by Titania. Um, really, really love the MCU version of Titania. I love that she's just like this annoying um, Instagrammer. And I will just say her like annoying American accent is so funny. It's so funny. Um, it's just the perfect enemy because it's just like, because as I said before, the fact that um, Jennifer Walters is so like insecure and bumbling and then Titania just has, it's just, she keeps meeting these people with just this over exuding confidence, but not, no, not capable of anything. But not earned. And right. unearned. And so Titania is like the exact opposite of her being like, no, then I'm just going to be, I'm going to use She-Hulk. And so they, they basically, they had a trial of her, whether, of a who can use She-Hulk. Oh, so good. And it also brought the fact that Jen was dating on that Tinder app into the story that winds up being her case to prove that she does embrace the identity of She-Hulk. She has lived her life as She-Hulk. She even filled out a dating profile. But it's also the bumblingness of her is also what saves her because she doesn't care if she looks like an idiot. She doesn't care if she gets embarrassed. And that's what makes her so great. Mm -hmm. Or she just like she resigns to it also. You know, she's like, fine. Oh, there's nothing else I can do. And we also have the... uh, the gay guy from um, the flight attendant. Flight attendant plays the the Incredibles. <laughs> like he's like yeah, that version, yeah, of where he makes all the costumes, and so he's making new suits. But he clearly made her a superhero suit. And absolutely, he's like I threw in a little something exactly. Extra for is it. it which suit is it? Is it the purple the purple one? Do you think? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like the only other epic suit she had was her Fantastic Four one, and that wouldn't work. So I feel it has to be the purple one. Yeah. Anyway, the show is just so, so good, but I just complain that it's too short. Um, and I also feel like it's only going to be a couple more episodes. And I feel like this is the way that this is written. This should be a 22 episode show and each episode should be 45 minutes. And it I think I also feel they could bring in like uh, David E. Kelly or something to oh, yeah. uh, help, like, to really make it just, like, like different. To capture the genre. Because I think after a while they're going to run out of, of lawyer ideas, and I'm like, you need someone that has done a billion lawyer shows. He will have a... If you were like, if there were superheroes, what would you do? I'm sure he'd be like, ding, 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 and have so many fun, cool things to do with it. Ugh. It has such potential to be a catch-all yes. show. Yeah, the, like, this the case of the week format yes. with, uh, with any D-list Marvel character. It's so... Good. So good. It's so good. And I do think it's getting funnier and yeah. funnier it's as just it goes too short. as it continues to. My complaint is just too short. Yeah. I'm thankful that we finally got a lot of Renee Elise Goldsberry's um, Mallory Book. She's Wonderful great character. Too. Love a bitch with a heart of gold. She was great. It's just great. I love it. Yeah. I want more Titania. Continues to be good. I, I want fighting. I want more titania but i'm very excited for the little easter egg foreshadowing moment that was happening in the costume makers shop with daredevil with daredevil's helmet Mm -hmm. in a basket ready for delivery and did you notice it was yellow um that's like the original daredevil costume right yeah yeah he's gonna be wearing the yellow i think when we see him in this show but do you think does that mean are they resetting him like oh this is early daredevil I'm so fascinated to learn. Like, are they resetting his character over completely? Or has the Daredevil show that haired already, is that canon? 
I don't know. I guess know. we'll also find it because isn't Jessica Jones going to appear too? I guess we'll find out with that as well. Oh, hurry up already, Jessica Jones. Um, I love you. It's great. Um, no one else is great. Fucking with speaking of Harley women superheroes, Harley Quinn just had its last episode. Speaking of women superheroes, indeed. Superheroes, super the right hero word to now. describe Harley this, this season. season. How I was like, the first season, you're like, this is the most brilliant thing. How could they do something better? Second season, I'm like, oh my god, this is better. Oh, how could they do anything how. better? Oh, now she's with Poison Ivy. How can this be better? Oh, maybe make Poison Ivy the villain and her a hero? What? It was so smart. Make Joker the mayor. Make Batman insane. Like, make him crazy. Like, make him cause the apocalypse. It flips so many characters on its head. It's just so brilliant. Where now he has basically gone to jail. Joker has arrested Batman. No, Bruce Wayne on fraud on tax evasion. (laughs) <laughs> and he goes to jail, and now Harley Quinn and Nightwing and Batgirl are, and Robin are now the Batman people. They're a team. Yeah, they're the bat. She's part but of the Batman. But then Poison Ivy and is the head of the Legion of Doom. She's right. Which the makes Legion me of Doom like, oh, the season four. If HBO Max, if Discovery Plus cancels this show, I'm joining Al Qaeda. I can't. Right. I need season four. Season four is going to be so fucking good. But the other thing is that they stayed together. It, you would yes, I that's what's so great. I thought be, they were going to break up. That's why it was so good. They're so in love with each other that it's, it's okay like yeah, you be a hero, passions. I'm going to be a villain, but that's we love okay. each other. We're, we're still us, and that's what's going to be so good in the next uh, season. Also, the one where they go inside Batman's head and he's just reliving his trauma of being shot over and over of, of, of his family being shot over and over again. And then I remember being like, do they not know? I was like, I feel like it seems very obvious now. And then finally it's like, Harley Quinn is like, wait a minute, you're Batman. <laughs> and then she's like, Oh my God, you know what? Why, why doesn't everyone not know this? Like, it's so obvious. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. It was so good to see poison Ivy become like classic Poison Ivy, you know, classic villain Batman, the animated series Poison Ivy. Yes. Also watching Joker, just him falling in real love and wanting universal health care. He's using his villainy to get universal health care. <laughs> it's like, I could be an agent of chaos and want universal health care. <laughs> I know. And this is the thing is that, well, I'm going to tell you right now, my fiance, Joe, he likes to comment about 10 times how he feels about the show we're watching. Whether he hates it, usually it's because he hates it. Most of the time he's like, this is bad. I'm like, I know you just said it told me five minutes ago. This is really bad. And I'm like, I know, I know. Well, I've been making him watch this and he's like, oh my God, the writing is so good on this. And I'm like, I know, you just told me that. Oh my God, praise from Joe. (laughs) I know, right? So it's like, if he likes it, you know it's fucking great. Although who am I to talk? He He was just outside, he was watching Dragon Ball Z. Oh my God! Really? The movie? Wow! Which I totally blocked out from the two thousands. Oh wait, it has they made the girl a movie. From Sh- yeah, it has the girl from Shameless. What's her name? Emily Rosen. Yeah, and it's got the guy from. Ugh. Anyway. The guy with the small face. The guy with the small face. Because you know, let's take a movie all about like Japanese culture and put all Japanese characters, but have the two main leads be white. 
Unbelievable. Not only that, but then the grandfather is still Japanese. What the fuck? And he's like, Grandpa. And I was like, what isn't is he happening? white? What is happening? And Joe's like, racism. <laughs> I was like, okay. Racism is what's happening. <laughs> Do you sit next to Joe and you say, this is really bad. Why is he white? Why is he white? No, Joe actually was making Instagram stories about how bad it is. Oh. So in the end, like he was purposely watching it because it was bad. Um, something else we've watched. Yes. Should we, should, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't even, it surpasses bad versus good. This movie, this movie playing. This is just a, you have to see it movie. It's just, you have to see it. Do we even do a loved it, hated it? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. One, two, three. Hated it. Loved it. Oh, you hated it? No, but that doesn't mean I didn't love it. (laughs) That doesn't mean I didn't have a great time. I had a great time, but what a stupid fucking I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I like, yes, I, I in no way I'm going to complain about this movie at all. It's um, just... No, because you know what the hardest thing to do in a horror movie these days Scary? is to surprise, no, to surprise you. Oh, that is true. And I will tell you, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like for the last half of the movie, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. And I'm telling you, no horror movie can do that anymore. No True. horror movie can do that anymore. And so that means gives me a thumbs up. Okay, people, if you have not seen the movie The Barbarian, is it The Barbarian or just Barbarian? No, it's just Barbarian. Barbarian. Um, if you were planning on seeing it, just end the, like, oh, that's the end of our show. Goodbye. Just shut just, us off. Just shut us off because it's one of those things that once you get spoiled, um, you probably, I, I think if I knew all of the things that were going to happen, I probably would have been like, oh, it's fine. But it's just not knowing what's going on. You're just like, what? What? Wait, what? Um, so it starts. With Sarsgaard. With, with the scene we started with. Yeah. Let me get the cast names up. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård and um, I don't know the lead actress's name. Um, Georgina Campbell. Georgina Campbell. She, it's, it's a cold, rainy night. And she's alone in her car. In Detroit. And we all know Detroit has a very long history of like, you know, it's kind of a huge city that's been abandoned. And she pulls up to this Airbnb. She goes to open the lockbox. There's no key inside because there is someone already inside. Someone else who rented the same Airbnb the same night. And that person is hot motherfucker Bill Skarsgård. Who is it? I would have tried it. I would have tried it. Two seconds, I would have been like, oh, did did you rent this Airbnb too? I would have been the one to be. You would have been on, like, the door wasn't even closed and you were on your knees, (laughs) sucking him off. Jesus, he is one cute man. But he he does have killer eyes. His eye, like killer, not lady killer eyes. Well, lady killer is in he kill, he has killed ladies. He definitely has the face of like, when you're watching a movie, you're like, you're the bad guy. You know what I mean? Oh, I think that's why they cast him perfectly exactly. because they're setting this movie up to and be because people said to the killer in this Airbnb. And I think because people said, "Oh, there's a twist." I was like, "I think the twist is he's not the killer because it seems so obvious that he is. He has to not be." Right. So in my head, I was he, like, "I think he's not the killer." He is the perfect, like, is he good or is he bad? Yeah. Actor, because you're like, I really want him to fuck me. But right. he might He's murder so me at the end of it. And would I but be But there's okay something with that? really sinister about it. Is that him, so. worth it? 
Probably. Hopefully, hopefully he, sorry, no, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. <laughs> so things are okay. So he's like, you sleep in the bedroom. I'll sleep on the couch. We'll figure this whole thing out in the morning. And you're like, he's going to try to pull some shit. And then all of a sudden she locks her door. And then all of a sudden at night, you hear her door open creak while she's sleeping and footsteps scurry around. No, thank you. No, thank no, you. But she checks. He's asleep on the couch. He's having a nightmare. He's moaning. He's going, no, no, no. She wakes him up and he's like, what the fuck? You scared me. Why do you don't do that? And she was like, so someone opened my door. He's like, what the fuck? And then she gets back in bed and she's like, what the fuck? But then she wakes up, goes to a job interview. But then when she goes outside, she sees it's the only house up. Every other house is abandoned. It's like an abandoned neighborhood. Like Every those house houses is like are ramshackled. Like, yeah, ramshackled. No one lives in them. And even the person, when she was saying like what neighborhood she was staying in, the person who was interviewing her was like, don't go back there. What are you crazy? That's... You're not, you cannot be there. But she's like, no, I think I'm going to probably go fuck this guy because I think he is a good guy. And, and she's like, this okay. is where... She's like, okay, but I have a whole story I should tell you, but I'm not going to tell you. Instead, I'm just going to walk away and say bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... This is where things start to get um, crazy. All because she can't get toilet. She doesn't have toilet paper. She cannot. She doesn't have any toilet. So she gets home. He's not there. He's like, I had to leave. Which, shady. Yeah. She goes to get toilet paper. And she has then, to pee. Oh, no, worse. Scariest part of the movie. She's already peeing. And she realizes there's no toilet yeah, paper. Yeah, that horror, horror. And then the credits roll. <laughs> and then the credits roll. <laughs> and she then screams. Like, Did she ever get it? Um, Did she ever wipe? And no, but of course she opens the door and there's a basement. And I will tell you, I stayed at an Airbnb shooting a porn horror movie. And they had one of those types of basements. And goddamn right, I... I was like, oh, well, this is, I'm changing the plot of this. Here's where the kill, where the killings happen. <laughs> when, what, what's the name of this movie? All right. If you go to Randy Blue and look up less than 20 feet away. Oh, I like that title. Um, basically, I'll just describe it to you. Um, basically a guy, it opens where you think like um, something evil is happening. But then when the camera uh -huh. pans around, he's just jerking off. Like you think he's <laughs> dying, but he's just jerking off. Um, and then he just like comes, but then he's like, oh, I'm still horny. And basically his friends are like, oh, we're not going to be there tonight. And he's like at this Airbnb and he's like, I'm bored. So he goes to, um, you know, like grinder and he finds a guy and they fuck. But while they're fucking outside the window, there's like a mat. He sees like someone, a masked figure is watching them and he screams as the guy's coming on him. He screams because I have to get the cum shot. There's like rules. And they run outside in the snow and they're all being running and then he doesn't know what's going on. And then it like, and then he ends up, he ends up not being able to find the guy. And oh. there's weird shadows walking around and feels like there's ghosts and like, like everywhere is like, there's a shadow behind him and ghosts and weird things. And then he ends up like uh, passing out um, from fear, I guess. very complicated. No, okay. I know. But then he wakes up and he can't find the guy. So he goes on Grindr and he sees the guy is less than 20 feet away. And the guy's like, hey, last night was hot. And he was just like, where are you? You're still here? And he's like, yeah, I'm still here. And he's like, where are you? And then in the end, he was just like, and he's like, yeah, I mean, we fucked. And then in the end, he's just like, oh, I'm not that guy. I was the other guy. <gasps> and then he goes downstairs 
and sees the guy's like dead in the basement. Oh no. And then it just, and then he looks up the steps and, and then you just see this demon, like this demon, like <gasps> to attack. And then the last shot is the same as the first shot where it looks all creepy. And you, th- and when it pans around where you think it's him jerking off, he's actually it's just like covered in blood. Killed. He's covered in oh, blood. Oh my God. This yeah. sounds better than Barbarian. I know. <laughs> but back to Barbarian, she goes down to get toilet paper in this scary basement and immediately, no. Immediately, I'd be like, you know what? Let's fucking get a paper towel. Let's get a napkin. Let's just use, use a shirt. Use a hand and wash your hands and leave. Leave. That's insane. She ends up getting locked in the basement. Which, thank God for this door. If this door didn't continuously shut by itself and lock people in, we would have no movie. No. And the joy of this, too, is I had an amazing an amazing crowd in the movie theater yeah and way up in the front row there was some girls just doing the oh hell no 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 oh fuck fuck nope nope (laughs) get out of it no don't go in there and it was just i was just like everyone was just like also laughing at the same time but she opens she finds a secret passageway and then she like walks in it and then there's a creepy bed with like bloody hand blood stains and a and video a camera, camera tripod it's a little Fuck room, no. so that's when you're like i'm going mm. to go so then sarsgaard comes back and she's like we got to get the fuck out of here and he's like you sound like a crazy person let me just go check it out this is where the movie becomes insane i would have been like goodbye goodbye he's so hot though She's dumb. And then he's that basically, and then he just doesn't come back. And then she's just like, hello. And then she hears a scream. And I would have been like, well, I guess he'll be being eaten while I escape. That's what I would have done. If it was my she, mother down there, I probably would have been like, sorry, mom, I'm going to go call the police while you're being eaten while I live. I no, no. Can you imagine what he looks like naked though? I would have saved him. Not in I a would, basement, probably I being murdered. Anything. I would do anything. She even finds, she goes in, she finds a basement to the basement. Yeah, there's another basement going down. No, no, no. The basement has a basement. And when she starts going down these other steps, everyone was just like, oh my God, no. Girl. Girl. And she's like, hello, Keith. She she was walking down the stairs going, he's six foot five. He's six foot five. He's six foot five. She's just like, I need, I need that. I I need need the D. I need the D. And so finally he shows up, but he's like, oh my God, something bit me. Something he's bit like, me. We got to get the fuck out of here. He's freaking out. And you're still like, oh, is he part of it? Oh, is he part of it? There's another, there is another person, mm-hmm. but this is like a big lure. This is the trick. No, he gets brutally murdered. <laughs> brutally murdered by the real monster. And here it is, everyone. A giant naked woman with big old tits. <laughs> But let's be more specific of what she is. And she's she's a mutant incest baby. Mutant incest. She's horribly deformed. Mutant incest baby. And her tits are so big and she is so naked and so gross. And her teeth are mangled and her face is mangled and her hair is stringy and fallen out because she is the product of incest upon incest upon incest. Because we find out uh, that some guy from the 50s has been living there in the sub 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 basement the whole time. And he kept kidnapping women and getting them pregnant and then having sex with those. Oh, my God. Barbaric. 
But that's the thing. As soon as um, Bill Sarsgaard, we don't know any of that yet. As soon as Bill Sarsgaard gets killed, it just cuts to black. And then it cuts cuts to to Justin Long. All of a sudden, Justin Long is in the movie. In Hollywood, just driving down. He's a producer. No, I think he's an actor. He's an actor. And he's on, and he gets a call saying that he's been fired because he's being accused of rape. He's being me too'd. And then it's just like, no, man, no, that bitch, she's lying. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, he's a rapist. Right. Also, I'm like, what? Did they like? Did they put the wrong reel on the projector? <laughs> did they still do that? Like, is this the same movie? But then we see the connection. Every Airbnb renter has he to have owns, an owner. He bought that house. So he's now, because he needs to pay for his lawyers and he's lost all of his work, he needs to try and sell that house. So he flies out to that Airbnb. He sees that there's people there. Um, so he's like, but what the fuck is this? Who the fuck shit is this? He's like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go out. He goes out. He's talking to some dude. And that's where he's just like, they're like, what happened? He's like, well, you know, it like, just took convincing. And you're like, oh, he ra- okay. Okay. And then you're like, raped her. <laughs> and then you're like, he absolutely is going to die horribly by the hand of the big titty scary lady by the end but, of this movie. But this was he's so, a piece of shit rapist. But this is what's so great about it is when the the girl goes down those steps, you're so scared because you're like, no, 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 no. He starts going down the steps. You're like, yeah, bitch, go you're down like, that yep, steps. Do it. But he's yep. going down Take the steps with step. a measuring tape. He's like, oh, cool, extra square footage. Square awesome. Footage. He's so he can measuring. The tombs, he's seeing it. human cages. And he's like, oh, move this out of the way. Let me measure it. I was laughing hysterically. Justin Long, this he was so hilarious in this. So funny. Because the character is fucking awful. Awful. Just, Justin Long has a way of, like, you can't hate him because it's Justin Long. Yeah. Like, subconsciously, you're like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> but I really want him to die. And basically, he ends up getting, you know, finding the girl and then getting and then being forced to breastfeed the the incest. Woman so the whole thing with the like scary incest big titty lady is her titties are so big because they're filled with milk. <laughs> milk and she keeps forcing them to breastfeed because her whole thing is like she's their mommy and her her victims are her babies. Yeah. And. There is a scene of her forcing Justin Long (laughs) to breastfeed, and it is barbaric. (laughs) And the other thing that's and but then at some point when he finds her, it cuts again, and then it just shows you it goes back to the 80s and it shows the house in the 80s when the neighborhood was still going on. And that's where you kind of start seeing, oh, there's a murderer here like this. There was like a crazy murderer here. It was a murder house. And then Justin Long. Um, goes back and he finds um, the murderer, basically, who's like now just like in a gross room in a bed. And she escapes. Georgina escapes. However, because she's been trapped for so long, when she goes to the cops, and this is another like message, uh, she mm-hmm. goes to the cops and they just think she's a crackhead and think she's crazy and basically yep. tell her to fuck off. Yep. And here again, where at this point she's completely insane. She's like, I can't let him die. She's a really good person. I'm she goes go back to down. save Justin fucking Long. He, the, 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 the killer takes out a gun, blows his brains out. Justin Long goes and, and then accidentally shoots her. Which you knew was going to happen as soon as she's like, I'm going back in. I'm like, well, she's going to get shot. Oh, and before that, the, the monster mom comes out. 
but she takes the car and like crashes into her. Oh, she comes out at night. That's right. Yeah, so. crashes into her. Then they try to escape. They're like, "Oh, she's she's why she she's not there. She's not dead." So this woman is like indestructible. She's like fucking Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. They they go to this homeless man that you know early on she like ran away from the homeless man, but of course he's the good guy. He's nice. He's like, "Oh, hide here until the daytime." Um, he's like, don't worry, she never comes here. Immediately she comes out and rips the homeless man's arm off. <laughs> and here's the part that started to get on my nerves is Justin Long was like, I think I'm a bad person, but I think I need to be a good person. I'm like, are you going to try and redeem this person now? Are you trying to going to try and redeem a rapist? No, they're going to no. try to make you think that they're going to do no. that. No, and of course he ends up turning on her and basically pushing her off to make the incest mutant woman yeah, he sacrifices her. georgina to save himself from but the in the end because Horrible. she is michael myers and doesn't die she didn't die and neither did georgina because she like cushioned the fall the, the mm-hmm. incest mutant monster cushioned the fall and then she ends up like killing justin long and then georgina ha- uh, her character has to kill the mutant the mutant monster mm-hmm. crazy and then get out of there crazy yeah. Hilarious. Crazy, crazy movie. I Hilarious movie. Loved it. It took me on a ride. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, it's it's just so, it's so, what a movie. This guy who um, wrote and directed it, he's a comedy person. He did a sketch comedy oh, show. Oh, really? Yeah, it was kind of like the, the only guys in the room or the whitest guys in the room. Oh, yeah. He's one of the guys from that. And then I was like, oh, oh I'm just no. going to do a horror movie. Huh. It sure does stay one step ahead of you. I will give it that. Yes. You can't say you were bored. You can't say you did. No, not at all. No, what a ride. I loved it. I had a great time in the theater. But what a stupid fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I wasn't home at night having um, nightmares. Like, after I saw Midsommar, I had nightmares for two nights. Because it, like, disturbed me. Hereditary disturbed me. This movie, I was like, that was fun. (laughs) That was fun. Yeah, but like, you know, I'm not going to be like, ooh, Barbarian's on. Yeah. Let me watch it. It's not scary. It's just um, no. enjoyable. There were um, previews for some good looking horror movies coming up, like The Menu with oh, Anna Taylor-Joy. That looks great. That looks great. Like you're trapped in a sadistic restaurant while they give you a tasting experience. Yes, please. Yeah. I do love me a 10 course menu. Mm. All right, let's wrap this bitch up. All right, we did it. Guys, um, if you got halfway through and you decided not, if you decide not to stop and listen to this barbarian thing, and then you're like, oh, that does sound good. I wish I saw it. Sorry. Oh, well. Oh, well. You can enjoy it for the performances. Yeah. I think Justin Long really, I think this made me really appreciate Justin Long as an actor. Like playing a douchebag, but also somehow like you don't root for him. You want him to die, but making the person just not like just you enjoying hating him. He made you enjoy yeah, hating. Engaged. Him. It was yeah. a very good feat. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. <sighs> I like seeing him in boxer shorts too. You're just horny, aren't you? I think I am. All right, we need to get off so so Brett can yeah, get okay. off. Yep. Thank you. Finally. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. This was Comic Book Queers. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to episode 236 of Comic Book Queers colon Legacy. Um, thank you for joining us once again. Evil Jeff, any final words? Yeah, here's the thing. If you open the door 
And Bill Skarsgård is there and saying, hey, do you read comics? And you say yes. Well, I hate <laughs> to break it to you, but that makes you queer. queer. Bye. Bye. Bye.